Welcome to the Pet Industry Podcast, connecting you with the people behind the passion, the leading experts in the pet industry. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Sprinkle. Thank you for coming and doing a women's panel. This is our first panel discussion on our podcast, and we wanted to do it inspired by Women's History Month. We have an amazing episode for you today. We just finished recording with Heather and Catherine, two women who have made the Pet Age Power 50 list. So they are amazing women who are making an impact in the pet industry. And I loved the fact that they really talked about being themselves. And yes, they're making impact in this amazing industry. They both have this great passion. I'm so excited that our own Heidi from BSM brought them into this panel discussion. And I could definitely, I knew after this conversation, I was just like ready to go conquer the world. And I could tell you were too, Whitney. So you were behind the scenes being our producer. And I know you had a really amazing takeaway from this conversation. What what was that for you? Yeah, I thought the conversation was just so insightful. It was just so nice to hear these women talk about the progress of their career from their young age of 20 up until where they are now. It's just beautiful to hear. And I think what I took most was Catherine's comment about women facing imposter syndrome, or just anyone can face it, but we feel like women face it probably a little bit more. And I just really loved how she really spoke on just believing in yourself and having confidence. And that was just amazing. Two amazing leaders and very relatable. So let's get to the conversation. And so we actually, I, we reached out to Heidi, our, our Heidi here from BSM, and we said, who are the women that you admire and feel have a wonderful impact in the pet industry? And you two ladies were who Heidi put forth. And so oh, like, that's well, let's, sweet. <laughs> that's great. Like, well, let's get them together and have a panel discussion about this. I think a good way to start is to do a little bit of intros. So we'll, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about who you are and what your role currently is in the industry, and we'll start from there and branch off. And Heidi, I want to include you in that. So I'm going to let you go third, and then I'm going to put you okay. a little on the spot. After you introduce yourself, I want you to share a little bit of why these are the two women that you thought of when we, we asked for who do you think of with, you know, women and with impact in the industry. All right. I'll give you a few minutes to think about it. So Heather, <laughs> do you mind starting off? Sure. Heather Govea. I am the chief commercial officer for Althea. That means that really anything that what we call front of the house, whether it's sales, customer relationships, customer service, the marketing lens, but then also innovation and R&D all fall under my responsibility. I've been with what is now Althea. Althea was founded between the merger of CJ Foods and American Nutrition, brought two companies with just a really rich legacy of incredible pet food and just really great leadership in the super premium space, especially together. Um, when we brought them both together, we couldn't keep one name of, of each. You know, we had to come up with a new a new name and got to be a part of really helping to spearhead that. And Alfia actually comes from two words in Latin, which is alpha and via. Alpha meaning leadership and via being by the way we do. And so we actually, um, not a lot of folks really understand. They hear the name Alfia and they're like, okay, that's a funky name, but I'm blessed to be a part of an organization that really is looking at how, how we do things in the industry and that being something that's different and re really trying to reinvent the co-manufacturing space. 
not just being another turn and burn, give us a recipe, give us a formula, but being someone that really, being an organization that really leads. And whether that's in food safety and quality, whether that's in innovation, service and support for our customers, that's really how we view ourselves in the industry. Thank you. And Catherine. Hi, yes. My name is Catherine McCarthy. I am presently the Vice President of Innovation at Selen Chewy's, and I'm pretty sure everybody's familiar with that brand, but it's one of the leading natural pet food brands in our space, really dominating the freeze-dried and frozen raw categories, really raw, and you know, raw infuses almost everything that they do, and raw is a really core proposition for pet health and for the consumer. I've been there now two years. My previous role was at um, the Honest Kitchen as Vice President of Innovation there. And then really cut my teeth in PET from 2003 to almost 2017 at what is now Well Pet through every iteration of that organization up to that point. That was everything from Jim Scott and Old Mother Hubbard and Wellness back when there were very, very few pet food brands, only in Innova, Solid Gold, and, and then now all the way to them merging and becoming Well Pet. And in fact, going back to well, Wellness again, that's so really appreciative of my time there. I'm really grateful to be in the pet industry. I never thought I'd be in the pet industry for this long, but they, I've now heard once you're, once you're in pet, you never get out. And really that's held true as the industry's grown and blossomed over the years. And now really everybody wants to be in pet. So it's a great time to be here. Thank you. Heidi? Sure. I'm Heidi Wilson. I am our business development manager here for BSM Partners. And most of my career has actually been in R&D innovation, which is where I initially met Heather, but I've done a number of things in my career and, and launched hundreds of products and been very successful on the R&D side of things. And But I, I really always had a love for business as well as doing the pet industry. I've, I'm a huge animal advocate and I love all things animals and, and pet food. I also never thought I would be in pet food. But it worked out that way when vet school didn't happen for me for a couple of reasons. But I can't, I finally got the opportunity through Nate, who I've known for a while, a long while, to come over and help drive the success of the BSM business and really helping reshape this industry through the wonderful services that BSM offers. Excellent. Okay. So the honest <laughs> black question I threw to Heidi yeah. was, what were some of the, the reasons that you saw Heather and Catherine as some of the most impactful women in the pet industry? Well, when we were initially thinking about this, then I threw out the idea of like, let's do a panel. I feel like a panel is so cool because it just, we can all talk about things. And I just, when I think about it, I'm like, I need two boss babes that just got their <laughs> stuff together and like really are just rocking it in this industry. And you two ladies are, are who I think about and admire in what you're doing for this industry. And you've successfully done so many things and you've achieved so much in your career. And I mean, even though I don't have as many years as either of you, I'm, I feel like I'm getting there every day, but, but I just admire what you've done and the initiative you've taken to make this industry what it is, not just to make it a better industry for pets, but making it a better industry for women and really helping helping to shape what the future of this industry could mean for women. Oh, that's right, great. Thanks for that. Thank you. You know, you've also been recognized by Pet Age as well. You you made the Power 50 list, both of you did. And Heidi, you said something when you were talking about as you were getting into the pet industry and that you never thought about the pet industry as being a career path for you. And I don't know how many children just say, (laughs) well, I want to go into the the pet industry. We have lots of little kids saying veterinarians, but I'm curious of the beginnings of how you discovered this as a a career. So Heather, do you mind kind of sharing a little bit about 
how you initially got started into the pet industry. Sure. Well, it was never really a question on whether I would be in the pet industry. I don't think for my parents or anyone else. I was taking home dogs and cats when in my backpack when I was <laughs> six and seven years old, finding something that needed to be helped. And that's really, so when it came to being in the pet industry, I'm probably one of the few that actually had my hand up and said, I'm going to fight to be in the pet industry. Like Heidi, I uh, wanted to save the world and be a veterinarian and saw that as really the only path didn't understand pet food consumables, mm -hmm. didn't see any of that. I was really fortunate that I worked for a, an incredible veterinarian that was really kind of revolutionary all through college while I was going to school to get all of the advanced required classes in order to apply to be a vet. But he, he really understood, that the vet that I worked for really understood the connection between not just skin and coat and what, what medication and things like that could do, but also what diet could do. And it was the first exposure mm -hmm. I'd really had in the pet industry where I actually got to see, and I can remember a couple of the, a couple of our patients and we're going back some time. We won't talk about how long, but it's a little, a little ways, a little farther back, but uh, I worked for a doc, a veterinarian in Claremont, California. His name is Dr. Weigand. And he understood that the power of nutrition and what that could do in a pet's life was significant. And so I got to be a part of just through being in that practice and being on his side and watching what the improvement was in pets when they would go on different diets and there were some hypoallergenic diets that were fish and potato. And quite frankly, they were just fish and potato diets. It wasn't anything that was any revolutionary from, you know, a, a unique protein perspective or anything like that. But what I got to see is, is how that, how that food made such a huge difference. There's one golden retriever, especially that I remember, don't ask me why, but it was a beautiful red golden retriever. And he came in and had lost all of his hair. And we got to see this progress over six to nine months. And then I got to see that repeatedly. And it, it, so though I was going to school to be a veterinarian, it was really about the connection with pets, how truly nutrition can make such a huge difference. And then me being, wanting to be a role, wanting to have a role where I could make that difference, especially knowing how important the connection was between the pets and their pet parents and seeing that early on. And it didn't click until after I was, you know, had gone through a couple of years of trying very, very hard to get into vet school and trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to do with my life. And I just decided, you know, didn't matter money, didn't matter anything. I, I wanted to stay in the pet industry. So I was one of the few that actually raised their hand and I took a job right out of high school, or sorry, right out of college, making minimum wage, just trying to get into the pet space. And I worked for an independent distributor in Southern California, had the time of my life getting to launch some, some super premium pet food brands, like was on the Canada Day launch team with some of the original owners with the wellness launch team, got to see people talking about act this actual chicken. I remember the sales rep with wellness would come in and his name is Russ Watson and he would come in and he's still in the space, but he'd come in and he'd say, <laughs> it's this actual chicken and it's these actual carrots. And that was mind blowing. Right. And it was that connection from when I would see the difference in that, in, in the relationship that nutrition created and how it created such a great relationship with the pet, pet and their pet parents to then being able to be a part of putting that type of food on shelf and making it more accessible it just paved the way for me. And then I was done and I haven't been out of pet consumables since. And unlike many people, I fought to get in here and did whatever it took. And it, it's obviously been a, a career and, and a love that I've just enjoyed since I was pretty young. Now, Catherine, I know you're a little bit later to to falling in love with the pet industry. And I think that's very relatable as well. So what was kind of your introduction in into the pet industry? I was living in Boulder, Colorado, getting my MBA and with the focus on natural and organic food that was going to save the world with a combination of marketing and clean food. 
even back before that was cool. It was called the Lifestyles of Health and Sustainability. Now, back then, now it's, you know, blossomed into an entire world of grocery stores and trade shows and everything that is the natural health and wellness industry encompassing pet. But back in the day, those were very new concepts. And I was working at a consulting firm in Boulder, been always focused on brand strategy and innovation. So really coming in through the consumer side, consumer insight, developing products, developing white space and platforms related to consumer needs through the lens of natural foods. And Jean Lazat, my first boss and pet, hired my firm for some positioning consulting work. And I sat in on a session with her. I knew I was going to have to be moving to Boston because my husband was moving there to go to law school and struck up a conversation with her, had breakfast with her the next morning and ended up with a job at the time with Old Mother Hubbard slash Wellness. And that really started my career in pet. I started as a marketing communications um, manager and then left there as senior global director of both insights and innovation. When I first got there, really was there because it was a natural foods job and I was a natural foods diehard. It happened to be through the lens of pet. I wasn't there because it was for pet. I was there because it was natural food. And then I remember within the first six months of being there, of course, Jim Scott was there, one of the godfathering founder, founders of natural pet food, and he was super inspirational. But And I remember the, the chicken meal versus chicken and the little containers myself. <laughs> But I started hearing these miraculous stories about the role that this food was having in pets' lives. And I was only 28 or 27 at the time, so I didn't have a, a dog or a cat, so I couldn't apply it in my own life. But I couldn't believe that the power of natural foods that I was seeking to do for consumers and the reason that I believed in natural food, that could actually be applied to pets. And I realized that at the end of the day, we're all, everybody can thrive by eating better. And I became, an absolute diehard for natural food and then natural pet food because I realized that most people at the time had not made that connection between the power of feeding your pet better and their pet's health. It was still very traditional vet, more treating things with medicine and rather than food and food hadn't really become an active role in people's conversations with their vets regarding the role of nutrition and health. And I really felt that we were building a category. We were on the, we were creating something brand new. We were creating all this awareness that I saw germinating in the human health and wellness space now could be applied to pets. And then when you also applied the responsibility and the hope and the caretaking that pet parents felt for their pet because they are the ultimately the gatekeeper for this being that cannot make a choice for themselves, you have to make it for them. Then I was so excited because it was such an incredible rich consumer space. Because now you've got all this emotion of love, hope, guilt, all these things that come along with, with purchases and what you do in consumer package goods is try to tap into those emotions to sell your product. But you had a product that worked, an emerging category mixed with all this rich consumer emotion, and it was just like lightning in a bottle. And we happened to be in you know the right place at the right time with wellness, had an incredible story to tell and a product that worked. And... I really felt like we were saving lives, which is why I got into natural foods in the first place. I've always said I didn't really feel like I could market or sell or produce products that I didn't firmly stand behind or that I didn't really think was making an impact either environmentally or personally or from a health perspective. And I really felt like I merged all the greatest factors that you could be looking for in any kind of marketing job into one role and really just doubled down for the next 20 years. And here I am. And I still feel like I'm doing that every day at Stellar Tunes. I feel like I'm now have the opportunity to be even more on the cutting edge of where that's going because we're, we can probably talk about this a little bit later, but we're all progressively on this march to cleaner, healthier, more real food. 
And I really feel like now I'm at a company that it, that really believes that as well. So I've, been, I've actually, I've had the blessing of being at three companies that have believed that their whole lives and that that has been their mission. It's been really cool at Selling Truth because you're doing that through raw food, which is a whole another interesting avenue of health nutrition. I do want to get to what both of you or all, everybody here is seeing as kind of like the future of this industry. But Heather, especially before we we hit record, you said something about having a unique experience as a woman being in in pet industry. And since we are doing this in honor of Women History Month, I'm really interested to to hear everyone's thoughts on one, what is unique about being a woman in the industry? And I'm sure that there are some challenges along with that. But also, what is special about being a woman in this industry? What is the special qualities that we bring to being in this space? So, Heather, I'll just stay with the flow. Do you want to start there? Sure. It's interesting because when it, whenever the idea of being a woman versus being a man in this industry, I, I probably don't think as much about the gender role as much as I do about the people that are contributing to the space. And so it, it's an interesting topic to me because I've always quite candidly, since being relatively new in this space, I've always been the one woman in a room with a whole lot of dudes. That's how I would describe it. And that's how, you know, as I've mentored young women or, or people in their careers, I've always said, I'm, I'm usually the youngest that isn't necessarily the case anymore, which is very sad. But but I'm I'm always usually the one with the most hair in the room, and it's usually a whole lot of guys. So I started at an independent distributor in Southern California, and then after about three years, they realized they couldn't keep me in four walls. I was meant to be out talking to people and and doing the things that I that I loved with people, interacting on a more regular basis in person. They introduced me to Natural Balance, and you know Natural Balance was you know at the time. Natural Balance was one of the first in the I, in the whole super premium pioneering space was the first to have limited ingredient diets out in market. But the interesting thing about that time is brands on in pet food were all guys. It was all men. And that wasn't necessarily anything that I saw as something I had to overcome. I was really lucky. I had such supportive leaders at Natural Balance that really helped me to shine in the way that I could. But the unique thing was I always brought a very different perspective to the room that actually I think really then, and I think has carried with me in, in my career, I think that there's certain things that women may naturally be slanted towards. And one is just the emotional connectivity. Certainly mm-hmm. men have that as well, but you know, we're typically more the caretakers in the home of kids and pets more often, what's usually who our consumer is. And so I, I really found it to be unique that I could speak the voice of a consumer as someone who is probably going to be the one buying the food. Make the one that was making a lot of the health decisions for, you know, whether it was my kids, whether it was quite frankly, my husband, or whether it was my pets, I was probably going to be the one doing that. And so that actually helped me carve out a voice that I probably didn't realize I had, because after knowing me for about five minutes, you'd know that, you know, I don't keep my opinions to myself very easily. And I think that that translated into what made, what helped me to understand early on that everyone has an opinion, but your ability to be closer to the consumer was where I really found I could just naturally be because I was the consumer. And when I started, like I said, it was, it was a whole lot of men in the branded pet food space. That's changed a lot. And I think it's great. There's a lot, a lot more diversity. There's a lot more, a lot more women that are leading in brands. It's really exciting. You see the power 50 and you see how many of those people are, are women. And that was not the case 15, 20 years ago. I started in this industry about 
what to say, roughly 25 years ago, if you don't count me, me taking dogs and cats home when I was young. But the other side of that, I think that makes it, it that has transitioned now is that being the, you know, one of the few women in the room or, or any of that really on the manufacturing side is still the same too. So the lessons that I learned early on that I didn't realize I was learning at the time that was unique about the about the industry and then helped me to mark out a kind of a more special place has carried through with me because I'm still the voice of the consumer most often in at Alfia or the voice of the customer, but also I think helps me to be a little bit more in tune with where our consumers going and how do I, how do I help manage the innovation agenda, the business case for where we should take the industry and how we should lead. I shared with you a little bit about the way Alfia thinks about leadership and being be, being one that leads by the way that we're doing. And so things like staying close to insights, things like understanding where a cons- why a consumer is buying, not just what they're buying. Anyone can look at Nielsen data and do that. It's helped me to, I can take the data of what, what they're doing and translate that through a lens that I think being a woman has helped me to have a little bit more refinement in how I, how I can bring that to my everyday. That's really well said. And and I was also thinking about the connection with the consumer as well, because in the data, it does say that, you know, it is is usually the female of the household that's buying the products as well. And then also Mm -hmm. that emotional connection. I was thinking about that, Catherine, when you were talking uh, about it as well and your experience. Catherine, do you mind sharing your thoughts also in when it comes to being a a female in the industry and especially with your positions, you, you might be one of the few women in the room. <laughs> Again, I've had such a great run, especially with women surrounding me, women influencing me and women supporting me. When I first got to wellness, my first boss was a woman. I was with three different CEOs there, two of which were women, very different personality types, but incredible, incredible women leaders, watch them balance work, you know, work, life, responsibilities, pressure, emotions, watched them be a woman leader, what it meant to be a woman leader in a room with primarily surrounded by men with male investors. I've watched all these different dynamics that really strong women around me have worked through. Both of the companies that I have been at in the, my last two jobs with Honest Kitchen and Cell and Chewies were both founded by women. So there's really powerful women-led stories there about emotion and invention and commitment and perseverance that are incredibly inspiring. Both of those women are really great great women as well as inspirational storytellers and leaders and inventors. So I feel like, and and at Selen Chewy now, our chief sales officer is a woman. So I feel like I've been surrounded by powerful, supportive, non-territorial, spread your wings, lift you up, all the good stuff that women can be. That's been my career, my whole life in pet, surprisingly enough. And um, even when I started out in consulting, I was surrounded by women. So I feel like I've been lucky enough to have great women influence and women leadership my whole life, especially in pet. And it was really great to be able to do that really early in my career when I was younger, you know, 20 to 36, having my own children, trying to figure out what my own work-life balance looks like, figuring out how far you can really lean in before you you break and um, helping have those women help me create those boundaries for myself. And now that I'm older in my career and managing a team of of women who are all at different stages in their career from kids to no kids, married to not married, also taking all those lessons and now applying that or attempting to do my humble best at helping lift those women up and helping them create their goals, business, dreams, boundaries as well. As far as 
being a woman in the pet industry, this whole, everything I've made for pets, because I'm such a natural food diehard, and I want my pantry and I want my pet to eat the products that I'm making. So I feel like in a, one of the pitfalls of marketing is they always say, never pretend that you're your target audience. But in this case, I really was. <laughs> I really have been for 20 years. So for me, I think my unique perspective as being the woman is I'm making the products that I want to shop for. I'm making the woman that the products that I, as a woman, want to fit into my family's pantry. And by family's pantry, I thought includes my pet. What I want them to look like, what I want them to do, what I want them to sound like. I just do that through the lens of being a a savvy woman and a savvy shopper and a woman taking care of my family. So I think that's going to be a unique perspective, not just as a woman, but as the overall mother of my family, including my dog, and applying those family food values into what I want, not just for my children, but for my dog as well. Oh, I love that as well. I love your passion. <laughs> Heidi, I know you've had some great female mentors as well. You know, two are right yeah. here. But what about your experience as well, being a, a woman in the industry? I have not necessarily had as much great influence until, several, you know, in the last several years, that's obviously changed. But when my early career, I, it's funny because, you know, I came from a very blue collar family. My dad was a coal miner. And so I've always just been one of the boys. And I didn't know how to be a girl, really. And so when I went into this industry, for me, I don't know, I just didn't think anything different about it. I still, there's still funny stories about my first few times going into a plant. I mean, I'm chucking around 50 pound ingredient bags, like it's nobody's business. And being a farm girl, that was easy for me to do. So I just, I jumped right in. I didn't try to make myself feel any different than the guys that were in the plant or I just dove right in, got in there, got dirty. I mean, I just had a good old time and I just made myself one of them, like, and I just fit in. And so I didn't try to be something I'm not or or appear that I'm different or should be treated different just because I was a woman. I just went in and I just fit in and then and enjoyed the conversations we'd have and just the interactions and just and I think they really appreciated that and I got a lot of respect for that over the years. That has been my experience just going in because the factories they are a lot about, especially way back then, like it was definitely dominated by a lot of men still is to some degree today. And I just, you know, I got a lot of compliments from people from just coming in and just going right in I'll feet first and, and joining and being one of the crew because that's how I was, how I was raised. And so for me, I've just kind of enjoyed that experience. There have been times where you feel a little uncomfortable because a lot of my managers have been men and there's been some good ones and there's been some bad ones, but I feel like I've had more positive men managers influencing me as a woman then I have actually women being a positive influence that have been my direct managers. I really respected that. And it's really helped me grow as a person and as a woman and helping shape other women's futures as well. And within BSM and, and in the industry and people that reach out wanting to know more. I think that's such great advice is be yourself and realize your own strengths. I think that is excellent wisdom. And you wrangle our, our two founders who are men <laughs> very, very well. And I also have had a lot of mentors who were, were male people too, and they are amazing supporters. And in speaking of good advice, I'm really interested. What is some of the best advice that you have had pertaining to your career? And again, starting back with Heather. That's a hard one. <laughs> Candidly, I don't kind of like Heidi said, I don't, I didn't really have very many male, sorry, very many female mentors or bosses. I had one female boss my entire career. 
And I think I scared him away or something. I'm just teasing. But, you know, most of them have been men. I think that the thing that's probably, and I don't know that it was advice or if it was just that it was modeled for me, it's just the tenacity. And if you know me for a bit, you'll know that I'm fairly tenacious about, you know, achieving or winning. And whether that's winning with the consumer, whether that's winning the hearts and minds of those around me, whether that's winning business, whatever the case is, I'm relatively tenacious about that. And I don't give up very easily. And I think rather than advice, I think it was just what it was modeled around me. And having been in such a male dominated, my whole career, such a male dominated space, kind of like what Heidi said, I I really, I am who I am. And I I think because I never saw myself as either as being different, they, they had to just put up with me doing everything that they were doing anyway. But because of that, I'd say their uh, drive to win really rubbed off on me and and just in terms of being tenacious and and not being willing to quit. So, you know, Mm -hmm. rather than advice, I'd say it was more just the environments I was always around, high growth, high stakes, always all Mm -hmm. in. There's there's never, I haven't worked at a company yet where it's been, you know, you can show up and give 90% and still do your job. It's If if it's 110%, then, you know, you probably didn't show up all fully that day. And sometimes, unfortunately for me, that's how I show up every day and it gets pretty tiring, but it's what was modeled for most of my career around me. So I don't really know any other way. And I think rather than advice, it was the example that those set around me to do that. And what I hope to pass on to anyone that I mentor now. Yeah, absolutely. Working hard. Yeah. Catherine, any good advice that you've received over your career? Well, I don't even know if the advice that I would give today's young modern worker is even applicable. We are living in, it feels like such different times just two decades ago. So many people now are experimenting and dabbling and trying to find their way and moving throughout different jobs and collecting experiences more than a lot of horizontal rather than vertical movement, um, which is really new. I Advice that I would give, though, no matter what, that's probably timeless, is you can hear I'm incredibly passionate. Sometimes that's worked to my advantage. Sometimes it's extremely overwhelming to people. It's taken me almost five decades now to stop apologizing for who I am. You know what? Amen, sister. Amen to that. I love that. (laughs) I think it's about trying to and how to use your force for good where mm-hmm. sometimes you can be extremely passionate and you can be extremely driven, but it's knowing how to modulate that depending on the room you're in, the people you're with, and really how much of you they can handle. And sometimes that's a couple drops out of a faucet and other times that's standing under a waterfall. And you have to be able to understand how to modulate that energy. And it's not because And over the years, I realized it doesn't make me be, it's not me being any less me, which it did feel like through my 30s -hmm. and my early 40s. It's not being less me, it's being me better because at the end of the day, I'm actually more effective at getting my way, (laughs) getting what I'm attempting (laughs) to set out to do when I learn how to do it better inside of the environment that I'm operating in. So I would say action with curation and modulation, which sometimes is just an acquired skill. At least it has been for me. I've gotten that advice many times over the year. You could tell it to me a million times, but until I lived through it, it never really sunk in. And then the second thing is, I think that we're moving into a world of, I know everybody's dabbling and experimenting and putting all these different collections of things and people and Instagram photos and all this stuff in their little backpacks. But 
I really think specialization is critical. And as we move into machines taking over and technology taking over, I really think that the power of specialization will become ever more important. So I feel very blessed now that I'm very specialized in pet. I used to think that it was a little bit of a restriction for me, but now I really think it's it has opened a lot of doors for me because people want to get places fast and they do that with specialists, not generalists. So I would say being a specialist, finding out what you're really passionate about and then just doubling down on it would be a piece of advice I would give. And the third thing is just don't be afraid to ask questions. I think so many times people don't, especially women, um, we suffer from imposter syndrome or like, am I going to sound dumb? Am I going to do too much? Is this going to come out the right way? And so we're constantly in our heads. I don't want to say more than men, but perhaps more than men, because they just walk in and do it without thinking about it. And perhaps I'm ever generalizing it. So sorry, men. But don't be afraid of asking the questions of putting yourself out there of saying that you don't know or going to look for people that can help you find the answers, no matter what, if it makes you, no matter what it makes you feel like, because a lot of the times that's really where the magic unlocks is that actually people really do want to help you. And if you do it in a way that is um, humble and passionate combined, I think that people will open a lot of doors for you and help you get where you need to go. And sometimes women just don't speak up because they're afraid of what it's going to sound like or look like. Yeah. Oh my, what great advice. And we're running out of time. So at the very end of this, I know, right? This has been such a wonderful conversation. So very quickly, we definitely talked a lot about a passion for the industry. I think that's something we all share. So what is one thing that you are most excited about when it comes to the future of the pet industry? Heather, we'll, we'll go back to you. I actually, I go back to what Catherine was saying, which I think was really, really spot on. It's, it's, I think in today's day and age, being more specialized is going to be really important. What I see happening is a lot of this, a lot of the tech and things like that is taking over so many people's lives. I think it's where pet and the pet experience is going to become so critical. And I think that it's not just when, when super premium and, and a lot of the growth of this industry really took off, it was round and round in a bag. And I think now it's all about yeah. the relationship and the feeding experience. I think mm-hmm. that as we go forward as an industry, it's not just ingredients anymore. It's not just, that's a very transactional read the back of mm-hmm. a bag. Does it check that that was a different consumer and our consumers. Now you can read all the data. They want the interaction. They want the mm-hmm. personalized one-on-one approach. They want to feel like this food, I'm going to use your word, Catherine, because I love it, curated, has been curated specifically for them and for their pet and for their pet's needs. And so as the tech and a lot of the, what used to be more manual processes start to become so much more automated in our world, we're finding that people and consumers are looking for more of that. I'm special and I'm individual and I have this experience with my pet when I feed them. And I think that will just continue mm-hmm. to take off more and more. You can see brands growing. Stellan Chewy's has done incredible on his kitchens, been incredible. But a lot of those brands have done that because they've found this space of connect- connection. And I think really specializing in being able to take that connection and then make that consumer have that, help that consumer and facilitate that specialty and that one-on-one relationship. I think that's going to be where real innovation and success is going to be found in this space, without a doubt. Wonderful. And Catherine, you've, you've mentioned several things throughout our chat today, but anything else that you're, you want to add something you're looking forward to for the pet industry? 
oh, I just think it's the most amazing time to be alive in pet. The distance between human and pet used to be five to eight years, and now it's five to eight minutes. I think it's absolutely fascinating. I think you can look to the human industry, the frozen section, the refrigerated section of our grocery stores of what is going to be coming next in pet. I think the humanization of pet is not is, is too shallow of a word to describe what's actually happening right now. So is pet as family. I mean, we are really talking about a total integration of pet into our home, into our beds, into our cars, into our on-the-go lifestyles, into our trip, into our pantry, at our tables. Just a complete, a complete integration of, of an, an actualization of pet as family. And because of that, I always say to my team and to other people, like, we're not selling food. We're making hope. That is what we are in the business of. Mm-hmm. We are making hope mm-hmm. for more tomorrows, better days, more of this just undying love that these little amazing creatures show for us. And in this world mm-hmm. where a lot of things seem messed up and broken, we need more of that. We need more more pet love, <laughs> more days with yeah. our pets, more unconditional love, more non-judgment, everything that they provide us. And I think because of that, the power of food and the inclusion of pets in our lives is going to become ever more profound in a social scale in a post-COVID social world as well, not just from a nutritional perspective. I think this kind of combination of emotion, health, wellness, food, lifestyle, it's all merging. And it's so cool because I just think that there's an endless amount of innovation to satisfy pet consumers and pet parents in the future. Oh, wow. What an awesome way to end. (laughs) Thank you so much for... (laughs) Again, for everyone being here with us today, I am leaving that much more excited and inspired being in this industry. I completely agree that this is such a special place to be, and I am so glad to to be in it with all of you. So thank you so much. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It was great. Awesome. Go women and pets. Yeah. Uh, that was oh, really perfect. great. I just want to say, I know I didn't, I'm, I don't speak through these, but the imposter syndrome, I feel that on so many levels. Like I have that all the time. And you talked about it when you were 27. That's how old I am right now. I feel like I'm constantly feeling like I don't know, but I know what I know. And I have to have the confidence to know that I know what I know. And I really mm-hmm. appreciate you saying that. Like, just we really have to step up as women and really be confident in who we are and the fact that we got our educations, we've been in this realm, you're here for a reason. And so believe it and believe in yourself. And I think that was really powerful. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for your time. We really do appreciate it. We'll see you soon. <laughs> Take yeah. care. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Industry Podcast, a BSM Partners production with editing by Cliff Dubinois. Your podcast team is me, Dr. Megan Sprinkle, and Whitney Russell. If you want to learn more about our family at BSM, please visit our website at bsmpartners.net. And please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, tell a friend, and find us here next time.